Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the 12-6 Podcast. It's your boy, Mario. I'm joined with my co-host, Ryan. What up, Ryan? Not much, man. Here on a Sunday watching the Bears. Uh, down by 10 points, driving down the field. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we put in the end zone here. They do. They do look. They do look pretty bad, but they are playing the Cardinals. Pretty, pretty solid. You know, team defense and offense. Pretty, pretty potent. I would say. Yeah, and I mean, I will say early in the game. The, I mean, the Bears. Oh, dog gets sacked for 15 yards. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> early in the game, Dalton had two picks when they were driving down the field. That I mean, if those didn't happen, and I, I honestly blame the picks on the. They weren't his. They weren't his fault. No, they weren't they his fault. Were they literally fault. just slipped right out of the wide receiver's hands both times. And uh, I mean, if both of those didn't happen, you you could be looking at two touchdowns or a touchdown and a field goal. So it could be a totally different game if it wasn't for the elements. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't expect them to win coming into it. So, so why don't we uh, why don't we talk about the Bears a little bit to start off here then? Um, yeah, man, it was, it was Cole Komet. He uh, he he caught it, and then uh, you know he he kind of just fell with the with the rain and the puddles and, and threw it right into Buda Baker's hands. You know, and, it literally uh, looked like it, like it was on a slip and slide. Like yeah. the ball literally just came shooting right out of his arms and right into the defender's hands. I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. Uh, same as the first one. The first one slipped right through the defender's hands, and defender happened to be there. I mean, it's it's just bad luck, but I mean, it is what it is. Especially when you're playing in the Windy City, man, you gotta expect these elements. Yeah, man. I mean, we've seen a lot of like we've seen a lot of Nagy calling fourth downs. Like, I mean, I know he's been doing that a lot, but he's calling a lot of you know he's going for a fourth down a lot, especially today. You know, something though, like we're oh, we're in a group really chat good. together with with some of our buddies, and and there was a fourth and two right at the 50 yard line earlier. And the Bears ran up to the line of scrimmage, and they tried doing the the uh, the the hard count right, where they try to get the team to jump off jump off sides, and then they just let the clock run out, took the delay game, and punted the ball. But it's like, dude, Nagy, what are you what are you like being conservative about? Yeah, you got to go. You're for at that, midfield, man. fourth and, and two. You're, you're at down the time by two. They were goals. down by two touchdowns. Yeah, there you go. And it's like, dude, you're go- you're gonna get fired. Yeah. Why not just put all your chips on the table? Go for it. Why why are you playing conservative? You know, that's one thing that watching this game earlier, it kind of pissed me off a little bit. It's like, dude, just go for it. Be aggressive here. Like, push the matter. Um, and there's another, there's a pick. It was a terrible, <laughs> a terrible pass. I feel like you're live streaming this game right now. But, dude, I watch a lot of football. That was one of the worst throws <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire was, life. I think it was, it had to have been tipped because we're watching her in the fourth quarter, 11 and a half minutes in. And I don't know what happened with that ball that just, was thrown there, but it. I think my ten-year-old cousin. I think I've seen him throw better <laughs> balls than the one Andy Dalton that, just threw. That was terrible. Let's see what happens here. So we got to replay. Yep, ball was no, tipped. Was ball tipped. was tipped. That was about to say the spiral looked like it was. It's a tough spiral. You, it's hard to throw it like that. Let's just be real. Like if you've never thrown a football your entire life, like that's what it looked like. It was a duck. Yeah, it was a duck coming out. So yeah. when I originally watched it, I was like, "That what the." What the hell was that? <laughs> it was like a slow motion play. Literally, like I was watching it, literally in slow motion. I was like, what the fuck did he just throw? Oh, no. But hey, we got the over in our podcast parlay for the week. We got the over 42 and a half. So we need a touchdown here. The score is 24-14. So that puts it at 38. As long as and the Niners win, we, we will officially have hit our second podcast yes, parlay. So knock on wood, knock on wood. The Cardinals got the ball at the Bears' 25-yard line. They'll more than likely score a touchdown. So, hey. As long as we win money, that's all that cares? matters, man. Who cares? It makes Bears it a little better. Maggie's little... uh, firing is—it's inevitable. So makes, hey, makes you know it what? a little better. There's silver linings everywhere. Yeah, man. And then uh, there was a whole talk too. Like honestly, just like getting this out of the way too. Um, just like listening to like the the Bears fans on the radio and all this stuff, right? And commute to work, whatever. What do we think about Justin Fields, man? Are you sitting him? Or you just gonna let him, you know, you're gonna fire Nagy anyway. You might as well just keep Fields healthy, right? Just kind of sit him the rest of the year. Or are you trying to put him back in? 
Um, yeah, you know what? That's interesting. I don't think you play him unless, like, you know he's 110% healthy. If they if they were, like, competitive for a playoff spot, you know, guys play injured all the time. It's the NFL. Guys play injured all the time. But in a lost season like this, if he's not 100% ready to go, there's no reason to play him. You know, keep your keep your future of the franchise healthy and just throw Dalton out there, right? I mean, let Nagy die with what he wanted. He wanted Dalton here the whole time, right? Let the ship go down with both those guys together. The new coach could come in and work it out with Fields. <clears throat> As our over just hit. Over hits. Oh, actually, he might be, down, the half he yard might be line. down at the half-yard line. Yeah, he's, he's down at one first and goal here. But, but there you go. That's that's my thought on the whole thing. Like, if, if he is 100% healthy, okay, put him out there. Let him get live snaps. Let him, let him keep growing, as we talked about in previous podcasts. Keep growing him. Keep growing him. If he's not healthy, 100% ready to go, don't 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 stress <clears> him, you know? Yeah. No, I agree with that. Like, if you can't do what you're meant to do, then don't go out there and, you know, play half-ass or, you know, half-healthy. Especially, like, it's just a lost season, you know? I know they're like they're showing the bears on the in the hunt. on the hunt boards and all this stuff. I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me, man! Like the Niners aren't. I think the Niners get in. Dude, technically the Bears are one them. game out of the playoffs. They are right, and the Vikings are right behind them. And then you got the Redskins, or not the Redskins, the Washington Football Team, right? So, I mean, you never know, man. But I mean, it doesn't like they're not gonna win this game here. I don't know what the schedule for the rest of the year looks like, but uh no, it's tough. I mean, Barry, being a Bears fan sucks. It's not. It's not easy to be a Bears fan, dude. It's like. It's like each year, like you get excited, right? Every NFL team, every team going into it, except maybe the Lions. You oh, think, well, you actually, think your team's got a chance. The Lions were actually winning today, too. I stayed away from that money line for the Vikings. Dude, I, honestly, I was thinking about taking the, the Lions. Lions points. I felt like the Lions were a good long. bet. I don't know. I just felt like the Lions were a good bet today. Yeah, well, because the Vikings, dude, they have letdown games all the time. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. They just stopped the Cardinals. Unbelievable. Dude, this over. This over might not hit, guys. I don't know. It's uh, <clears throat> we'll 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 keep you updated as we go on here. Um, yikes, Kyler, Kyler, you're killing me here. Um, yeah, man. Uh, we'll we'll uh we'll we'll see what goes on with that. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just another loss year with the Bears, and honestly, like during the Mitch Trubisky years, they like they wasted that great defense they had, dude. Which it was, was a so great defense because yeah. the Bears were in such a good position. They had a, a quarterback on a rookie deal, so they weren't paying thirty million dollars a year for a quarterback. They're paying like six, seven million dollars, and they were able to pump all that money into the defense, like Khalil Mack, um, Akeem Hicks. They had, you know, their their defense was just loaded with dudes, and their offense could never put it together. And that's what I was excited about when Nagy came here. And when Trubisky came here, yeah. before they showed what they could do, I was like, dude, we're finally going to put both phases of the game together. We're going to have a good offense, and we're going to have a really good defense. Like, here we go. The defense did their thing, and the offense just never put it together. So they wasted those years of a great defense, and now the defense is getting old. The offense is back at square one. They and you still got, suck. And you got no draft picks coming. We have no draft picks. <laughs> Pace has traded away all our draft picks. Um and the bear, I mean, that's what we talked about a few weeks ago. I was like, dude, the Bears are not in a good position as a franchise going forward. They're just not in a good position unless Fields turns out to be like the next Pat Mahomes, yeah, or something like that. Which he could. I mean, he could. He probably won't be the next Pat Mahomes, but he'll be like he'll be like a, a really good quarterback in the league. You know? you know, I was watching Kyler Murray earlier before before I came to shoot this, and I was like, dude, why can't Justin Fields be like a, a Kyler Murray type? Well. Quarterback, think like he about runs, it he's fast as hell. He's yeah, got a great arm. But Kyler Murray, like I mean, coming from a Niners fan who I saw Murray play a few times, he was always he started off okay, 
but he had his moments where he was like pretty shit, you know. So well, yeah, yeah, like, like all young quarterbacks. Yeah, we got to give Field. I think giving Fields, like I feel like if next season you don't see Fields take some strides, then you should be a little worried, but not, you know, like oh shit, you know, there goes our guy, you know, that that we paid all like all these draft picks for to move up and all this other stuff too. So you know, I was also thinking too when I was watching him earlier. I was like, dude, he he made such a good decision, uh, going the football route. Versus the baseball route. Talking about Justin Fields? No, I'm talking about Kyler Murray. Oh, Kyler, yeah. He yeah. would be playing the Oakland Athletics. Well, he'd be playing, uh, who knows? He might be like a double A, you <laughs> yeah. know? He might be in some just shit town playing, you know, traveling around the country on a bus playing yeah. minor league baseball. Um, God. But now every Sunday he's, you know, playing in front of 70,000 people. He's in line to win an MVP. Yeah. So he definitely made the right decision there. And uh, probably make a lot more money playing football than he ever would playing baseball. So. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I know he was a good. I mean, he was an eighth overall pick in the draft. I mean, you know, he had he has hit a high like high was, ceiling. Yeah, he was, you know, and then he was thought of very highly too. And I guess you know he did pick the right route, man. I would have picked football if I was him too. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I think he made the right route. Good decision. All right. So nine minutes in here, um, we already talked about the Bears. Covered that. Total, total Titanic over here, as we uh-huh. mentioned. The ship's uh, going down. Let's uh, let's get into some uh, baseball talk, man. We had uh, I'm a little more bright, a little more bright, brighter in that in that area of town, right? So CBA, collective bargaining agreement, um, it's 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 over with. The owners locked out the players, but before that happened, there was a ton of signings um, last week in baseball, and the Cubs were a part of it. The Sox weren't. We'll talk about that in a second. But I want to get Ryan's take. How do you feel about Marcus Stroman being, in my opinion, the ace of the Chicago Cubs for the next three years? Yeah, I mean, when they signed him, and when I saw that they were in heavy discussions with him, obviously was super excited about it. And then it came through that he signed a three-year deal with them. And, dude, obviously just super, super excited about it. Um, something that I really liked about the contract is that they paid. They didn't overpay for him. You know, they got him at market value. I think it's like 25, no, less, a little bit less than $25 million a year on average. Um, so they didn't overpay for him. They're paying right market value. And yeah, you get an ace, dude. So right now their lineup, or not their lineup, their rotation is Stroman, Hendricks, Miley. And then you figure out the last two. right? Oh, yeah. I'll probably be okay. And then you figure out your fifth starter, which, I mean, fifth starter, you plug in anybody, right? Um but, dude, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for them to go out and sign another starting pitcher. I think they will. I, I don't think the Cubs will stop. I don't I don't think the Cubs are going to be, like, a good team in terms of, like, getting the playoffs. And even with the CBA, which we'll talk about in a bit, which I've been reading up upon, uh, there might be some changes to the playoffs. They're trying to let more teams in. The baseball playoffs is, by far, without a doubt, the hardest playoffs to get in in, in all sports. You, it's hard to get into that. Only – at this point in time, you got 30 teams in baseball. Only eight teams make it to the divisional round. You know, that's that's I mean, it's ridiculous in my opinion. You know, it's uh, it's it's tough to to get that far, man. So, uh, it uh, it, it <clears throat> that's a change where where I mean I can see a, a change uh, coming for the playoffs in that sense, uh, which could allow the Cubs to maybe get in sooner rather than later. But uh, beside the point, there are other rumors out there on the Cubs um, signing players. I saw a rumor about them going after a pitcher as well as an offensive player, um, an offensive player by the name of Carlos Correa. So yeah, I mean that's another thing. Like I saw this one tweet, Gordon Whitmire, uh, beat reporter. He he asked Stroman about the uh, the Cubs' plans and timeline to be competitive, right? Like when do you expect the Cubs to be competitive? 
things like that of that nature. And, and Sherman responded, I think going out and get, getting me kind of speaks to that. So like we talked about, like if the Cubs, the Cubs free agency, this is going to tell me whether they're planning on being aggressive <clears throat> and, and being competitive right away, or if they're still in more rebuilding mode. The fact that they went out and paid $25 million for a starting pitcher on the first few days of free agency tells me a lot. And when this lockout ends, dude, I expect them to be just as a, more aggressive than they were, right? Go out and get Correa. Go out and get another starting pitcher. Because I looked at their future payroll. Dude, they've got like $20 million committed in, in two years. So they have financial flexibility through the roof, dude. They have like $200 million to spend. You know, so if they give Correa $35 million, okay, well, you still got $150 million to spend. Yeah. You know, they've got so much room to be competitive. And um, they've got some good prospects coming up, like Brennan Davis, uh, Miguel Amaya. I mean, who knows with that guy? But Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Brennan Davis will, will be good. Um, I think it's going to be really good. I think, he's, yeah, he, he's going to be like – he won't be like Luis Robert type, but he'll be certainly like uh, – like, He'll I, be a 20 home run starting center fielder. Then that's – dude, that's a very rare commodity in today's game. I mean, look at Starling Marte, 34-year-old, 33-year-old outfielder. He's got $75 million for 34 years. That's crazy. The dude's older. Uh, he plays a premium position, and he's a great player. But man, he's for for his age and like you know the way that center fielders age at the game, they're probably just paying him for one two years, and then he regresses right. terribly. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I I think a lot of it is contingent on a few things, and I think the collective bargaining agreement is going to be a big thing on it. Um, I mean, I know we said we touched on that a little bit. Some of the key points that I took away from Rob Ranford's uh, uh, speech as he addressed everybody on the lockout. Um, he, uh, he mentioned that the owners offered a, a universal DH, which would make the Cubs in for an extra bat. Um, so that would be that. And we just have another picture by Andy Dalton. Is that yep, what I'm looking at here? Third pick of the day. <laughs> oh, Actually, that would be his fourth pick of the day. Fourth pick. Fourth yep. pick. Yeah. He threw... right. Oh my <laughs> goodness. That was his fault. And hopefully that just helps out. That helps out the over against the balls. It gets the ball back in the Cardinals' hand. So we all know they have a better chance when they're in good position. So, well, well hopefully that hits for the podcast parlay. Um, back to the point. Um, if you're a Cubs fan, right, you're thinking about, okay, what, what's going to happen with this collective bargaining agreement? If they want a universal DH, which is should be exciting for Cubs fans, in my opinion, because then who you got out there? You got a guy Kyle named Kyle Schwarber, right? Kyle Schwarber's out there. And Nelson Cruz is out there. So that opens up 15 more jobs in Major League Baseball right there. And the Cubs are going to be one of those teams that are, have the money to be like, hey, Nelson Cruz, we're younger. We need a, like a guy who can, you know, show some wisdom to our team, but also hit 40 home runs a year and, and you know, be worth like 12 million bucks. Want to come play for the Cubs? And I'm sure if, if you know, the Cubs can outbid anybody for services, considering they have, you know, a ton of money to spend, uh, as you mentioned. So and then Kyle Schwarber. I mean, I don't see Kyle Schwarber making I can see Schwarber signing for four or five years, 20 million a year. Hundred million dollars, right? That's something the Cubs can afford easily. Uh, yeah, and and like another thing, like that opens up the door for Castellanos, like because he's not a great defender. And you know what? I he's could not see, a great defender. I could so see the Cubs going and just him. DH him every single yeah. day. Yep. You know, and then figure out your right field position, get somebody that plays a better defense and can still hit. And uh, dude, like the DH, like it, it should be in both leagues, and to it me, will it be. Makes no if, sense that if, one league gets it and the other league does not. And it's and it like I'm like 100 percent like I mean obviously 100 percent is crazy to say, but it was something the players' association was pushing for that the owners are giving to them basically. So like it's gonna happen. 
and that's something that can make the Cubs spend more money here on a better player. Um, especially after going after Stroman, they're being heavily connected to Correa now. Makes sense because Correa is going to cost you thirty-five to thirty-eight million dollars a year, you know, for the next ten years. Yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna take up a solid, you know, twenty percent of your funds in terms of, you know, if you have a if you have a two hundred million dollar payroll. And I mean, the thing about that is, like, if Correa Correa is going to get a long-term deal, he's not the type of guy that's gonna he's not going to sign for deal. no way. So, dude, if you sign him to a ten-year deal, hey, in year seven, year eight, dude, just DH him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be a good hitter. The thing with these with these long-term contracts, as you get older, like your defense, obviously, just especially if you play a premier position like shortstop, like you can't defend like you did when you were 29, 28 years old. And that's another thing too with me with Correa. Correa's big as part of his game. He's a great hitter. He's gonna be like 280. He'll be 30 home runs. He'll be 100 RBIs. But he's a platinum glove shortstop. <clears throat> like platinum glove, meaning he's the best defensive player in his league. Nolan Arenado got in the National League. Carlos Correa got in the American League. So he's the best defensive player voted as, you know, by his peers or whatever, however they do the voting for that award specifically. He was voted the best. So, I mean, he that's what you're really paying for. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I does it make it I'm saying in yeah. year eight, year nine. Yeah. If the DH is in the NL, that just opens up so many doors. Oh, yeah, for, him, for sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I can certainly uh, I can certainly see the Cubs signing. That's, that's definitely, like, something to be excited about if you're a Cubs fan. And then with the DH – Getting a p- potential signing of Schwarber or Castellanos, and that'd be that'd be crazy. That'd be absolutely crazy, and like that would be something that would, like, okay, the Cubs can win eighty something odd games, and then something else that the players' associations is pushing for as well. Um, I believe the owners are actually pushing it too. I couldn't remember which side was doing it. Was the expanded playoffs? So it was mentioned. I believe Jesse Rogers from ESPN put it out. How they're trying to do. The best overall record in each league would get a bye, and there would be a wild card round for all the remaining teams. So the home team, the higher seed, would host, and then you'd have, you know, the three, uh, whatever, the wild card teams and the division winners, they pick their opponent in terms of their record and where they're at. So the second best record in the league would pick their opponent, and then they, the next best record would pick their opponent, and then the last two were stuck with each other kind of thing. Um, and get this too, uh, something that was mentioned. They're talking about breaking up the divisions a little more. So essentially, what you're going to have is you're going to have two divisions in each league, uh, and that's that would be pretty interesting to me. I think having two divisions in each league kind of deal. So like an uh, an East and the West, right? So like basketball and hockey. Yeah, and think about that, man. You know how much that would suck. Imagine how many West Coast games you're going to see. I, and I hope it wouldn't affect the schedule as much, but that would absolutely suck because the White Sox would, and Cubs would probably be in the West. Um, maybe the Cubs yeah. might not. I know the Sox were, were in the West previously, back when they had like the divisions broken up in half. So that would be something that would be interesting to see. Um, <clears throat> just being a bigger city, I think they probably wouldn't want to bunch them up with New York and all the East Coast teams who have a shit ton of teams anyway. So. Man, that would that would kind of I don't know how I'd think about how to feel about that, but I mean if it happens, it happens. We just gotta go along with it. Yeah, and the in the new CBA, there's a lot of like wild thoughts and ideas being thrown around there, and some of them I'm not a huge fan of, like the, the expanded playoff route. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that because it's like to me, you're just getting to the point where you're like you're more and more re, uh, rewarding um, mediocre mediocre teams, right? Like a third wild card team. Dude, you could get in as a third wild card team with a record of like eighty and eighty-two, which like, would be crazy. You're rewarding 
um, mediocre teams. And like I get it. They want to make as much money as they can. They want teams to make as much money as they can. They want more TV ratings, things like that. But it's like, I don't know, man. Are we getting to the point where we're just rewarding teams for being all right? You know? But then you get teams like, who knows? A third wild card team might hit um, a streak where they go on and they make it to the World Series. And it's a great story for baseball. But I don't know. I think there's just too many. They're trying to change too many things with baseball right now. We talked about it last week with my brother. Like, he was talking about, like, baseball's been played for over 100 years. Just fine. You know, and then in the last couple of years, you're just getting all these wild changes and things like that. It's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think the game is that broken. Do you have it's, to fix it I don't, it that I don't much? think it is either. I think, and like, one of the problems that I've noticed with the negotiations too, like kind of off top, like off the top of your gone a little bit, um, is that the players and like the owners are, are like completely like opposite end of each other right now. So it's like, imagine if I'm like, hey, like, um, here, I want this and I want this and I want this as part of the deal, right? And kind of what would you do? You like kind of go off of that a little bit, right? Like if Korea came up to you and said, Hey, I want 10 years and I want, you know, $350 million. Imagine the Players Association coming back and saying, Hey, like I'll give you five years for, you know, higher AAV, but for five years, it's like I want the years though, you know? So they're completely like east and west of each other. Like they're asking for different things and the other side is countering with completely different things that the other side is just like not interested in. And that's why there's such a big conflict here because they're not going at it with each other properly. Like you got to go off of what I like. I have to say something, you say something, right? You, you go back and forth. They're just not offering um, changes to their offers. Basically they're just saying their own crap. And it's like, you're not going to get anywhere. You gotta, you gotta go off of something. You can't just be East and West with each other. Um, and that's that's the issue we're on upon here, and that's why we're in a lockout. So yeah, I mean that's another thing. Like that's that's why it's kind of interesting about like how long this is gonna take, you know, because it does seem like they're on polar, you know, opposite ends of each other, and it doesn't seem like they're coming in the middle, really, does it? Like they're not coming to an agreement. They're not coming to any type of. When did this? All right, so getting back into it, uh, we had a little technical difficulty with our mic. Um, so, yeah, getting back into it a little bit here. We talked about the Cubs. We covered the Union a little bit. I mean, pretty straightforward at this point. Like, nothing getting done. Uh, I just want to talk about the White Sox really quickly. Obviously, uh, we talk about both sides of town here. Um, I'm just really not I'm not happy with, like, what's going on here. They're at the point in the rebuild where they should go in and, like, really – Well, the rebuild's over. Go for the, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. They're at the point in the, in the cycle of competing. Right, the rebuild's done. They're at the point where they need to go in and, like, you know, go for the throat, man. Go in and sign Nicholas Castellanos or Schwarber or Bryant or somebody. And they're not doing it. They they sat out. They let all the secondary options go between Adam Frazier, Eduardo Escobar, and and there's really nothing else. These are, Hernandez is off the market now, too, even. So you can't even go out and get him if you wanted. So I'm just – it's like, what are you doing, Rick? Like, what are you doing? Um he went on his press conference the other day. He said the money's going to be spent. Um, the season doesn't start today and all this other stuff that, you know, he usually says his lawyer talk or whatever. And he said that we'll be better on opening day than we are today. And we, we will be better at the deadline through player progression and, and additions um, than we are on opening day. So basically he's alluding to adding talent at some point after the lockout and between that and opening day. So, I mean, whatever whatever that talent is, I mean, he could 
you know, be saying adding Billy Hamilton again, who's not even on the roster. You know, like what, what, what does that even mean? You know, um, I'm hoping I'm hoping he goes out and he gets somebody that's um, like he'll move the needle, right? Like Castellanos or somebody, man. Just give me something. Where at that point we need that kind of thing, and then we need another pitcher too. So I'm sure they'll they'll be making some trades in that sense. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, man, the market the market moved really quick. Han sat out. I know a lot of Sox fans are scared. They're pissed. They're nervous. They're, they're, they're afraid that they're not going to make any moves. And honestly, um, if the payroll is, is, isn't going to go any higher, then we're, we're pretty we're pretty screwed here, man. I don't know what else to say. Like, your, your, your team is good, but other teams are making moves, and you're not. That's the name of the game. you gotta, you got to get better in the offseason, and right now they haven't really done that much. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the White Sox is, like, other teams were so aggressive right off the jump, dude. Like, they're making additions to their team. And like you said, like, the White Sox just sat back, and they didn't do anything. Like they, I mean, they got Kendall, Kendall Graveman, Graveman's okay. which dude, he's a good bullpen arm, man. And it, 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 oh, he's a great bullpen arm. I, I, I think that I like the addition. I just don't think I just I don't like get out of my face, Rickon. If you're gonna come and tell me that Kendall Graveman was your big addition, like get out of my face. Yeah, but man. knowing who your owner is, knowing how Rickon is, he's very aggressive. He's very competitive, dude. Who knows if your boy Jerry Reinsurf is is telling him behind the scenes like we're not spending a lot of money. Like we, we have a good enough team where I don't have to go and spend two hundred million dollars on a roster. And he could very well be saying that. And that's why I told that's why I said this on this podcast. The worst thing that could have happened in the playoffs for the White Sox and our fan base is for the Atlanta Braves with eighty eight wins and a bunch of secondary second rate Eddie Rosario's and Jorge Soler's winning the World Series. That's the worst thing that could have happened because now Jerry's seeing that he's like, We got guys that are better than those guys which we do, and now he saw it, and there you go. And, I mean, that we could very well be seeing a team with freaking Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler on him come opening day. They're out there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Jorge Soler is a starting right fielder for, or Eddie Rosario is. Uh, and then, I mean, it could be very possible um, something like that happens, and I think that's the route they're going to end up going, which is kind of upsetting to me because I'm tired of the whole – like spinning of the wheel thing there in that position. I want somebody who's good and will be consistently good for the next three or four years at the very least. And we haven't had a really good right fielder, honestly, since you want to consider Alex Rios, that's good. I mean, he was really consistent. He had a couple good years. But since Jermaine died, since Jermaine died in 2008. That's 16 years ago now. I mean, unbelievable. Oh, 2008, yeah. 2008, I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. We haven't had a guy good over there since Jermaine died. So, Adam Dunn? Yeah, okay. Probably <laughs> – have a heart attack the largest or wait no grandall broke that that largest free agency contract right he did grandall did um uh, uh, luis robert will get to 90 or 88 million or whatever by the end of his deal um but yeah man um obviously well, okay so sucks, you're man. talking about like you want them to be aggressive so let's hear some names some realistic names i don't want you to go out and say some wild like realistically who's on your radar who is better than a Solaire, who is better than well, that's a... The, that's the thing for me. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber even. I think Kyle Schwarber is a 100% realistic option. I think that this team, the way I see it right now, and this is probably what's really pissing off Jerry Reinsdorf, <laughs> is that this team needs to have a payroll. The way it stands right now, to make addition significant to moving the needle, this team has to have a payroll of $200 million. Like, there's no way around it. Like, you got to have this team needs to be at $200 million at the very least, maybe even pushing 210 a little bit. And which is obscene, like, not we don't see that as soft fans. We never do. And I think that's really pissing off Jerry. 
So I think you're right now you're at 170. You got Craig Kimbrell. He's at 16 million a year. You got Kai Kuhl, who's at 18. You got to try and move those contracts. Um, it sounds like the Phillies went elsewhere for their reliever. I mean, they might go out and get a, a Kimbrell in a trade, you know, to block out. I know the Marlins are talking about it. But you could very well start the season with $44 million committed into your bullpen amongst three guys and a bunch of, you know, league minimum guys. That will be by far the most expensive bullpen in the game, and it's crippling to your budget. Um, and that really sucks for Han. All things considered, he needs more people in, in other areas. Um, I think uh, – Okay, I, I, but going out and getting Kimbrough, though, he knew that. He did. He right? knew that Kimbrough had another year attached to him at, at $18 Kim, million. And, dollars. and the thing is, he could have declined the option, but he didn't because, you know, he – you know, you can't really, can't really just give a manager goal and, and Cody Hoyer. I feel like that was the pride thing, and I know it's that's not the way to conduct business. If you can't, if and that, and that's something that confuses me too. You know, it's if you knew that you were going to have a trouble, we, we all knew he was going to have trouble moving Kimbrel. We all knew it. That salary. Um, yeah, because of the year he knew, had. If you knew that you were going to have a budget constraint, like you're, if Jerry was going to tell you, like, hey, this is how much you have to spend. So use it wisely, and you picked up that option anyway out of pride. Like that's a terrible business decision. You know, you gotta you gotta take the L on the loss, man. If you're gonna if you're on a budget, you don't pick up that option. And that's something that if we end up with starting the season with a payroll of 170 million dollars and really nothing else done, that would be an absolute failure for the organization because you could have used the Kimbrough money better elsewhere and you didn't. No, I think he pick up the option no matter what. Well, that's the thing because though, man. he's like, gonna hey, find a suitor. If, but if he would have hypothetically speaking, right? Think about it. Phillies already gave ten million to Corey Knievel. The Dodgers are going to get Kenley Jansen back. They're not going to really have a need for a sixteen million dollar arm. The Marlins are probably the only team I could see who are trying to compete that want a reliever of that, you know, that ilk. And Yankees. I don't think the Yankees would do it unless it's Braves. a bad contract swap. And I think that's the only way you're going to really get, and that's the only way you're really going to get the Kimber money off the books. And what are you really doing with a contract swap at this point? You're going to get a bad player for somebody who had a bad second half of the season. And you're still going to be financially, you know, stuck if he's on a, if he's on a budget, right? So kind of crosses it out, kind of whatever. You're not really making any progress there. You might, you might be able to fill up like the right field with something. Um, like a Joey Gallo type, right? You go get Joey Gallo, he's making like, what, $14 million, $13 million arbitration. So then you're going to basically, you know, save $2 million. <sighs> you know, I, I'd rather, you know, touch my luck with Angle and Sheets out there, honestly, than Gallo just the way he looked second half. Um, but yeah, man. Um, at this rate, if 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 ugh, I don't know, the thing with the like with the Sox, and if I was a Sox fan, something I'd be a little pissed off about is like guys like Adam Frazier, dude. That you like that would be a perfect addition for second and base, and they could have had him easily, yeah. and they just didn't for whatever reason got, pursue him. The Bears give up two lower level, like lower twentieth in the organization prospects. So it's like, what are you doing, man? And that tells me that you didn't want him. Which makes no sense. Which would only make sense if you have a better target in mind. But at second base, who is that? And there's none left. There's none, right. And there is none left because Simeon signed, and you weren't going into that. And who else is out there? The only other name that I can think of that would move the needle at second base is Catal Marte. And you're not going to get him without trading Andrew Vaughn, who's – you know, five years of controllability. He's a cheap player. Jerry Ryzen would rather die in his death than let Rickon give that up. That's the thing. You know, you're already, you're in a budget. You're you're in budget constraints. Right? You, you're like, you know, you're here and you're you're at the wall, right? You're not going to trade somebody who's making league minimum. And I can tell Marte is making like six, seven million a year, which is 
great value for the player. Which is nothing. Yeah, and, I know, nothing. but you're still not going to trade. You're not going to. You're going to be really reluctant to trade a guy who's going to be a, who looks like a perennial guy who's going to hit 35, 40 home runs a year potentially with a good average and great defense at first. Like you're not just going to trade those guys every day, especially if you're an owner like Jerry Ryan's or if you're not going to okay those trades as often. So it's it's going to be tough to see, man. Um, this 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 is it's really frustrating that they didn't jump in the market on some of those guys. I was really hoping they'd jump in on Eduardo Escobar or Adam Frazier, but they didn't. Uh, and then, obviously, everybody wanted Simeon, but Simeon got a ton of money from Texas. Kind of pissed me off, too. I mean, just front load the deal, man, if you're worried about money in the back. And just front load the deal. Like, man, and I'm tired of hearing all the BS, like, oh, what about, you know, the payroll in 2028? Like, I don't give a shit about the payroll in 2028. We're not going to be good then, probably. We're going to have, like, two guys that are in the core right now still playing on the team. You want to win next year? And then the year after that, maybe till 2025, 2026, you're, you're going to be good. Win with the players you got, spend the money now, and be screwed over later. The Cubs are doing it right now. And you won in 2016, you're happy about it. You'll never forget it. And that's something that we have to realize. You're not going to win the World Series, you know, three straight years like the Yankees anymore. It's just not going to happen. Take your, take your win now. Sign the players now. Worry about all that BS later. And I don't know what's going on right now, and I um, – not, I know a lot of people are way more concerned than I am. Um, so at this point, I'm kind of just hoping and praying Romy Gonzalez works out at second base. Um, and then you know, we got Leary, Romy Gonzalez. I'm, who's I'm that? Being, I'm being, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just kidding around when I say oh, that. Who's that? He's a guy, but he's a guy who like blew through the system. Um, you know, 2020 guy in the minors, 25 years old. He's a good athlete. I mean, he, he has a lot of power, a lot of speed, decent club. I'm sure he'll play some games this uh, this coming up season, but yeah, I mean we have we have Leary too, guys. I mean Leary's <laughs> can't I couldn't tell you how mad I was when I saw that signing, um, and it's not because I hate Leary. It's just I hate the way Leary's used, and I know Tony's gonna put him out there every damn day, and I hate it. Leary shouldn't be playing every single day. You should play your stars every day and cycle Leary in every here and there. That's the way it should be. But no, it's gonna be. Oh, you know what? We're never going to have a full-strength lineup because, you know, Moncada needs a day off here and T.A. needs a day off here. So we'll just put Leary in every freaking day. And then you'll see Leary 145 games a year when you should be seeing him 100 maybe, you know? I, uh... Yeah. Man. All right, so where, how are you feeling about, like, you still think they're top dogs in the division, right? Oh, without a doubt. So do you I'm think the Tigers will compete at all for the I division? Think the Tigers will be better, but I am not. Because the fact that they signed Baez, that leads me to believe the same thing we were talking about the Cubs earlier, the is Cubs, that after yeah. the lockout's over, they'll be more aggressive. The Tigers are certainly going to be more aggressive. I think they're going to get another arm, uh, which they need. They got Casey Mize, Matt Manning, Eduardo Rodriguez, who they signed. Um, they got Spencer Torkelson, the first base prospect, the best in baseball. And they got Riley Green, another top, top 10 prospect in all baseball. The outfield. It's a really good 2020 type guy. So they got two big bats coming up in the organization. <clears throat> think of like think of like having two Andrew Vaughns coming up and, and playing right out the gate, but actually having proper, you know, minor league time. So it's not just gonna be single A to, you know, major league Jacob DeGroms or whatever, right? <laughs> so they're gonna have some sort of um they're gonna have some sort of, you know, experience there with you know, topper better better tier of pitching. Um so they're not gonna be as bad. So they'll, they'll be pretty decent pickups for them. Um they got Tucker Barnhart. Uh, from the Reds in a trade, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make another trade with the Reds for like Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, because they got the they got the prospects to get a deal done. Um, we'll see, man. I'm not worried about them though, and in, in, in terms of taking the division. But if I were the Mariners or like the you know a team like the Blue Jays and Red Sox for a wild card, yeah, certainly I would be a little 
a little like, dang, this team could win 88, 89 and squeak in. So uh, they say they all central. Otherwise, we find the White Sox and, and Tigers this week. So they could beat up on the Royals and Twins every other day and get, you know, 30, 25 to 30 wins out of those two teams alone. So that, that'd be re- that's really big for the Tigers in a wildcard chase. But I don't think they're going to make a, a run against the Sox. I mean, I know I'm speaking like down on the team here, but. It's still a really, tell, really, really good team. Tell me really right now team. with the Blue Jays losing Simeon and the and the Dodgers losing Seager, uh, tell me right now what team has a better one through six in the White Sox. And I I would bet and I would argue to my core that no team has a better one to six. You go from Tim Anderson to Moncada to Abreu to Eloy to Grandal um, to Luis Robert in any order, right? I mean, that, that one through six is going to hit you almost damn near 200 home runs right there. That's crazy. No, correct. They're they're top. They're if they're not the best team in the AL, they're one. Th- they're you know top three. But some teams right off the top of my top of my head just jump off. The Rays. The Rays have a good. Like, Yankees are you know, really good. Split type thing. The Yankees offense can be shaky. I think the Yankees have the best three four right now in the American League. Astros are still really good. Even even losing Correa. Correa. Yeah, they'll be okay. They have some guys stepping up there. Um, that's the thing, though, with them losing Correa, too. I, that's where I think the White Sox kind of take the mantle in terms of, like, the one through six who has the deepest. Because, um, I mean, you're talking about the Astros, man. They still got Tuve. They got Tucker. They Alvarez. Got Alvarez, who's probably, in my opinion, the best hitter all around in baseball. Um, you know, so they still got some guys there. Bregman, who had a wrist injury. He didn't have a really good year. I mean, he had injuries and a little down with his, with his pop, but. It's getting a little better, um, and then they kind of fall off a little bit in terms of their backups and stuff. But you know, the, the, the Astros will be okay, and then you know, Mariners stepping up a little bit too. Uh, and then the Angels, if Rendon comes back, you know, it could be good. So, but like an overall consistency, right? I think the Sox have the best one through six, and like I'll argue that with anybody. Um, that's not to say they shouldn't go out and make moves though. And like that you alluded to earlier, like that's probably why Jerry's like, oh, you know what? Like we got a good team. Like I'm not gonna let you go and spend money on Chris Bryant. Like, oh, you think you're doing? Like. Dude, like you got, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I would, if I were to kind of take, I wouldn't take that answer. I would not leave Jerry Reiser's office with that answer. I'd be like, listen, man, we need to have two hundred million dollars on this payroll. We need to make sure this team is a damn force. We have to leave no stone unturned, and we got to make sure we're ready to kick everybody's ass on our march to the World Series. That's what this team is capable of if they have like a Nicholas Castellanos or a KB added to it, or Schwarber, even just something else, man. Um, and that's it. Rant over. Spend some money when the lockout ends, Sox. That's all I got to say. Yeah, who knows when that lockout's going to end. So it'll be interesting when that lockout's over. And, uh, I mean, there's still a boatload of free agents that got assigned. So as soon as that thing's over, I mean, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun for us. It'll be fun for all baseball fans to see where are the uh, these marquee players go. <sighs> all righty. We're 60 minutes in the second half here, man. What are, what, what are we feeling? What are we we're feeling uh, the beefs, I guess, to, to close us out here? Yeah, it's happening the beast of the week. All right, man. How about you go first? Because uh, I mean, everybody already knows mine, but I'll let you go first. <laughs> All right. Yeah, my beef of the week is the uh, the guys that work for Fox and CBS and even ESPN that do the um, they're like the in game referees that they refer to for close calls and things <laughs> like that. And the reason it's my beef is because we were watching the game earlier and they called in, what's his name, Dean Blandino or something? Blandino. It's like, dude, anybody with two eyes could do your job. (laughs) Anybody Uh, that has eyeballs could do your job and make the money that you do. Like, early he came in and they got the play on on slow motion and everything. He's like, 
Yeah, and as you can see, his right knee is down right here, and the ball is at this yard line. No shit. I can see that with my <laughs> own two eyes, dude. Like, oh, that's my beef oh, of the week. Maybe man. it's just a little bit of jealousy thing that I don't have that job. But that's, it's like, that's probably the easiest job in all of sports. But, I mean, there ha- I will I will say, like, I, I agree with the beef up to, like, a certain point. There have been times where my boy Dean, Blandino, whatever his name is, something along those lines, right? I mean, it's just he's just the dude that you rely on for a rule. Like, to be like, hey, what's the rule on here? And yes, they know the rules go, really go, well. Go, I agree go, with go, that. Go with the rule, and they'll be like, oh, well, in section 17B or something like that, right? It's like, okay, dude, like, thanks for letting me know. Like, no, nah, I'm not as mad about my team getting this call on him now. But, uh, yeah, man, when he, when they call him in on a on a, on a a clear down, you know, at the half-yard line with his knee down, like, we don't need you, bro. Like, we don't need you. I mean, maybe whatever, you know, it's – yeah, no, okay, so I didn't think about that. The rule part, they know the rules like the back of their hand, even though it's probably right there in front of them on the computer or something like <laughs> that, which we all, could, we all could look at it. Yeah, I'm sure they gave it to him, you know. I mean, not everyone's going to know it. But, I mean, he just sounds pretty, hey, what I was always taught, if you're going to say something and you aren't too sure about it, say it confidently and people will believe you, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just say anything with confidence and, hey, you're good to you're go. You're good, man, you're good. But, yeah, that's my beef of the week because I think anybody could do that job and make the amount of money they do, and uh, it is what it is. But – you know, it's a good part of the game, though, when they call them in in a really tight spot and everything, and, and they tell you exactly what you can see with your own two eyes. But, hey, good for them. All right, yeah, it's quality beef. Uh, my beef is uh, is Jerry Reisdorf this week because he didn't open up the, the his checkbook for uh, just anybody even decent. So, until that, Jerry, you will be on my shit list. I need you to, to step up and, and really put some money in the organization. I mean <laughs> – I know I was listening to Redline Radio earlier this week, and White Sox State was like, you're not going to be alive in like eight years to spend all that money anyway. <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's pretty uh, – that's like a, a really insensitive thing to say, but it, it's the truth. It's man. truth, yeah. It's the truth. Like if that was me, I got enough money from generations to come from my family. Here, take $50 million and, and use it for your payroll next year and worry about the rest later. Just do it, man. Just do it. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to be dead in a few years anyway. So, Jerry, man, spend some money, man. Come on. Please, we're begging you. We need you, man. We need you to spend some money for us, for yourself. Win another championship for Chicago. We need it. Um, well, dude, and the thing with that is, is like, they they always say, like, oh, they're giving out 30 – they're paying this guy $30 million a year. Like, dude, they make their money back every single year. Then they're some. profitable every single year. They profit. If you were to look at the White Sox, their uh, revenue – Dude, I'm sure that they net their net revenue is probably like a hundred million dollars, probably even more than that. Who knows what Dude, their their they revenue is? Probably makes way more than that. I mean, my goodness, they spend two million dollars a year on the lease for the stadium. They don't even own it. They just lease it out for two million dollars a year. They don't have to pay nothing else for it. It's ridiculous. That's like a really hidden thing amongst like the White Sox fans in their community. People don't know things like that. So they they make the money back. They, they always pro- they they want to own these teams if there wasn't huge profits in them baseball i believe was it was the most profitable sport um and it profited i think it was like 13 million dollars a year we'll do this because the thing is they get 81 home games guaranteed yeah. every single year and then there's revenue sharing so if you're on the road playing the yankees you get like 30 percent of that so right and tv money exactly. and sponsorships and all that stuff and it's like dude he owns two he owns two franchises the bulls, the bulls are shit ton the bulls are like the third i think their net worth is like the third most valuable in all of the NBA. It's 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 unreal, and they make a ton of money, tons of it, which is why he spent a lot of money on the Bulls too, like this offseason, like 
God bless him for doing that, right? Like, they're a good team now. But, I mean, dude, baseball has always been his passion. It's always been his joy. Like he said, he would never – he would trade all six of his NBA titles for his World Series title. That's how much he loved baseball, you know? So, it's like – it's it's freaking it, – it's – just spend money, man. It's your team, you know? We want, we want to win. You want to win. Spend the money, man. Spend well, and the thing it. with him is he gets such a bad rap – it's like I almost think that he'd be more willing to spend money because of the narrative that circles his name that he's such a cheap ass. You know, you know what I'm saying though. It's like it's almost like have some pride, dude. Like if these rumors are out there, have some pride. I know. Spend 150 million dollars on a free agent and, and, thing, and shut the door on that. That's the one thing I have. Like he spends money, but he scatters it around like a bunch of like you know second rate guys. Like the, the most money he ever spent, right? Is money at all? Like he doesn't. He spends money. Like I want to see that big signing, man. Where is it? Show it to me. Show it to the fans. We, you need those kinds of players. Like not to say, like you know, Corey Seager, Marcus Seager, are probably going to lead the Rangers to a seventy-five win season. But when you're in this position, the White Sox are a player like that will push you over the hump, man. And so we need it. Um, that's my beef for the week, Jerry. You got to spend, man, and you'll be on the good beef for the week or whatever we call that in the future. So um, be a babe of the week. There you go. There we got that going. Um, yeah, we're 23 minutes into the second half here, man. You got anything uh, to close us out here? No, I'm good. Bears lost, fall to four and eight. I think that officially puts them out of the hunt. The Lions got their first win of the year. They beat the uh, they the beat Lions. the Vikings. So congrats on one win this year. Um, other than that, I'm good, man. I'm hoping to see that the Cubs make more splashes when the CBA thing is done and figured out. Uh, maybe we'll get a Correa signing here. Um, I honestly think Correa is like a doable thing for the Cubs. So. Yeah, I mean they need a shortstop. Yeah, man, I I wouldn't be surprised in the least. I mean, it, it would be it would be great for the city to have a superstar on that side of town, and then it make the Crosstown Classic more enjoyable. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. That being said, I got nothing else. Uh, we thank all you for listening. Um, follow us on Twitter at the Twelve Six Podcast, um, and then yeah, that's all we got. And we will see you all next week. <laughs>